my whole focus is building relationships and helping people feel relaxed and confident and beautiful. Whereas someone else may be fo focused on the technicality of it and they may be focused more on the lighting. And so their, their work is going to look different than mine because mine, yes, I focus on the lighting, but my approach is so different. So it was constantly reminding myself that I'm blessed. I have these gifts. I'm grateful for these gifts and I'm going to stay in my own on my own path in my yeah. own journey and not let those thoughts of what other people are going to think about me come into play. So it was hard. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of constant mindset shifts and talking right. to myself to say, and I think um, journaling was a huge component of that because every day I would sit down and I would say, okay, I am grateful for whatever it was I was grateful for that day. And even if I had a shoot and maybe it didn't go exactly how I wanted it to go. I was grateful for that opportunity to have had that person come to me and work with them and you know, whatever. Welcome to the tribe of leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner, and I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am here with somebody who I've known for quite a while and we've had some opportunity to hang out together and I've just been learning like more and more about her business and I love how she's taking two pieces of business that like individually work amazing together and mix them up like an incredible recipe like I'm thinking cake but done something completely unique. And that is what inspires me is when I see people and entrepreneurs creating something newly. So Robin, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me, Emmy. I'm really excited to be here. And like you said, we, we've met, you know, quite a while ago, we've had these great conversations and you inspire me all the time. And I love Thank all you. of the similarities we have in terms of our personalities, our goals, our aspirations, our boys, and so many yeah. other things. Yeah, absolutely. So let's share a little bit about who you are. And I was on your website today and I saw that, I mean, you were a photographer first and now you're, you, you meshed that and branding together in a really unique way. So can you share that? Yeah, absolutely. So to give your listeners just a little bit of background yeah. on me, I actually went to school to become a pharmacist. I got a doctorate degree and I did that for many, many years. But 
what was happening was everything became so legalistic and I have this passion for education and sharing my knowledge, but doing so in a creative way. And I felt so squashed and that I couldn't be creative with my writing and things that I was doing. And at the same time, our family life was exploding and getting crazy. And my husband was traveling globally and I was traveling periodically for symposium and different things. And we looked at each other and said, this is crazy. Like we need to slow down. And so my husband suggested I follow my passion and become a photographer. He knew that it just lit me up and I loved it. And he saw the things I had created with my camera and my vision. And so I thought, well, everybody's going to think I'm crazy and he's crazy for suggesting it, but I'm going to do it. So I put all that fear aside. I jumped in, started a blog. And within six weeks, I had my first client, which was a branding client. So I created her imagery for her website, her CD cover. She was a musician an entertainer. And I was just, I was so, gosh, I don't even know the right word, but totally inspired and just filled with joy when I worked with her. And I thought, this is what I want to do. This has to be what I'm going to do. And long story short, you know, all these years go by and I'm kind of taking every job that came my way because I wanted a studio space that meant I had overhead. And so I had to work pretty hard to, to meet all of the, the obligations that I then had. Right, right. So I took every job that came my way. And what ended up happening was I started to get burnt out a little bit because I wasn't doing only what I wanted to be doing. And then I transitioned a few years ago to just focus on headshots and branding. I knew I wanted to work with the female entrepreneur or the corporate executive, but someone that I could sit and have these conversations with that would fuel me at the same time I was serving them. So I transitioned and then I realized so many people have no idea how to brand themselves. And I was doing it. Like I had this, I had this gift and, and I was, you know, telling them as I'm doing their shoots with them and I'm telling them, oh my gosh, you know, you can use this image for this and this would be a great post for this and, you know, on and on and on. And so then I thought education is such a core part of who I am. I love to teach. I love to share my knowledge. And at that point I was like, I have to, I have to start sharing this in combination with the photography. And so now here I am today and the coaching component is one of the core parts of my business. And then I'm still doing the photographies. I've really married the two and I'm serving others in a way that I know is helping them build a su successful business. But at the same time, I'm, I'm fueling myself and giving myself that opportunity for growth and joy at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I have so many questions. I want to circle back to what you said originally that you were, you had a PhD in pharmacy and now like you've unleashed your creativity. So you're one of those rare people who can use both sides of your brain. <laughs> yes. And it's funny because my mother is an artist. Like you could not put a simple math problem in front of her and ask her to do it without her just having a complete panic attack. She's total creative, total artist. My father, on the other hand, was very engineer minded. And, but yet he was very creative. He was a master woodworker and he was so incredibly talented and he could draw and, you know, do all these things. And so between the two of them, yes, I got both sides of my brain. And I think that's why, you know, when I jumped over to the creative side, I was <laughs> still feeling a little bit lost for a while because I needed to use both sides of my brain. And so that strategic thinking component is where, 
you know, being able to look at someone's business and say, oh my gosh, here's your brand and, and here's where we need to take this so that you have something concrete to market. So it's that, you know, strategic thinking and process mapping project management type focus that I needed to go along with the creative side. Right, right. And I'm curious too, like before you unleashed all of this creativity with the photography, had you dabbled in any arts or anything else before or had it been more straight up? No, I, I had done photography my whole life. I, you know, started when I was very young. I think as young as first grade, I had a camera in my hand and my parents had a Polaroid camera and I would, I would take so many pictures with that Polaroid camera and then just plaster them all over the wall. <laughs> I'm sure it drove my mother crazy, but you know, I always, from the time I was a little girl had a camera and I captured memories and I have got volumes and volumes and volumes of photo albums and negatives still from all of my years. And I had taken classes and everything, but I was the oldest of four girls. My mother was 17 years old when she got pregnant with me. She married my father. They were married for 36 years before he passed away, but I was determined I was not going to follow her path. And she went on, you know, raising four girls, got an education, became a librarian. You know, she did remarkable things with her life, but I was determined I was going to have a high power career. I was going to wear a suit every day and I was going to make a lot of money. So I accomplished that. But I think what ends up happening sometimes is we are who we are. And even though we want to do something, it doesn't necessarily mean that's the path we're going to be on for the rest of our lives. What was it like for you as you shifted? It's a big leap. It's not like just a little pivot. Like, did, were you freaking out? I was freaking out completely. And there are still days and it's been nine, almost 10 years since I did the, you know, the complete pivot. And some days I think, what in the world was I thinking? Entrepreneurship is not easy. Like I could be having my own ticket, working for big pharma, making tons and tons of money. And at the same time, you know, when I was transitioning, I'm like, okay, I'm going to run my own business, which I had been doing anyway, because I was consulting and freelancing in the medical industry. But this was totally different because now I was like seeing multiple clients a week. It was, you know, tax, different taxes involved with sales tax and all of these things. So, so many more details, so many more things I had to consider and learn and think about. And then at the same time, fear, like, who do you think you are to do this? Like you're a scientist, you're not a creative. And then all of my, you know, friends and, and colleagues in the pharmacy world, it's like, what are you doing, Robin? Have you lost your mind? Right. So there were so many emotions and I thought, you know what? And then it came to, I have to prove myself now. And so then the pressure set in, you know? So it was, yes, to answer your question, it was a whole gamut of emotions, just a plethora of different emotions. And every single day was different in terms of what I was feeling. And that imposter syndrome was one that I kept constantly having to climb out of the, the well from, you know? I would love to, for you to be able to give a couple of words of advice too, because I think every entrepreneur experiences that at some point, particularly if you're shifting or creating newly. I know I did when I was moving from health coaching to business coaching, and I had to have a friend like really sit me down and be like, what the hell is your problem? You're the one that answers all the stuff all the time. Like, this is your background. Mm -hmm. but Words of advice for somebody who's feeling that if they're starting newly, or even if they're about to up level, I think even that there's a, a level of, of, you know, am I good enough? You know, can I, can I actually, you know, reach to this place? 
So what I what I like to say is, and this I think imposter syndrome syndrome and comparison kind of go hand in hand. And we are in such a digital world and we see so many things online. And what I have had to do for myself, you know, looking at other photographers or looking at other business coaches, I have to sit and, and really think about how blessed I am where I am and that I have these gifts and that I have been given these gifts to use and I am meant to serve a certain population. So even if someone is doing the exact same thing that I'm doing, they're doing it in and when I say exact same thing, I, let's use photography as an example. So mm -hmm. maybe there's someone doing branding photography, headshot photography, their style is going to be different than my style. They're going to interact with their clients differently than I'm going to interact with my clients. My whole focus is building relationships and helping people feel relaxed and confident and beautiful. Whereas someone else may be fo focused on the technicality of it and they may be focused more on the lighting. And so their, their work is gonna look different than mine because mine, yes, I focus on the lighting, but my approach is so different. So it was constantly reminding myself that I'm blessed, I have these gifts, I'm grateful for these gifts, and I'm gonna stay in my own, on my own path, in my yeah. own journey, and not let those thoughts of what other people are gonna think about me come into play. So it was hard. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of constant mindset shifts and talking right. to myself to say, and I think um, journaling was a huge component of that because every day I would sit down and I would say, okay, I am grateful for whatever it was I was grateful for that day. And even if I had a shoot and maybe it didn't go exactly how I wanted it to go, I was grateful for that opportunity to have had that person come to me and work with them and, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but that, I think gratitude was probably the, the key to overcoming a lot of that lack of confidence and comparing myself to other people and thinking I'm not good enough. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I, I think as I said, everybody experiences that. So having the kind of just the tools to start getting over it is going to be really helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, when did you move? Because you have your first phase and your second phase and your podcast is called the second phase podcast. Mm -hmm. um, it is about the you know second part of your life or the second direction you're going or third direction doesn't have to necessarily be the second, but you moved across country. We did. Yeah. And so I grew up in a little town in Illinois. My mom, my sisters, everybody is still within an hour of where I grew up. Right. And then I went to St. Louis to go to college and I stayed there. So I was in St. Louis for over 13 years. And so my core unit was there. My family, my friends, everybody was within an hour and a half of me. And I met my husband who was from Northern Idaho he came to St. Louis to actually become faculty at the college I went to, which is crazy. We met after I graduated, but we always say that caveat. <laughs> nothing, nothing bad was going on there. And then we met through a mutual friend. Well, we were married for a few years. So our, we had everything like was going so well. I had a six figure job and then, you know, we had our firstborn and I come home from the hospital and within 10 days, he says, so um, he was working for Bristol Myers Squibb at the time. He says, they've asked me to move in corporate. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll move to Princeton. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like we have a new baby. This is my life. I have a job, you know, I have a career, whatever. So long story short, I was like, I can't hold him back. 
I've always had this adventurous spirit, but at the same time, I was really rooted, you know, with my family and I would get homesick so easy. So I was like, well, I can't hold him back. So he did everything, moved us out here. Joshua was nine months old and my company I was working for didn't have something for me here. So they severanced me, which was a blessing. So I had a little nest egg and I didn't want to put Joshua in daycare or hire a nanny because I knew no one. And so I talked to my former boss and he had some connections out here and he connected me with a couple of marketing companies, marketing agencies and advertising agencies. And I started doing consulting because I had a a pretty good niche in terms of my doctorate along with experience in the managed care area. And so Mm -hmm. that kind of gave me an opportunity to step into some consulting roles. And that's what I did then for the first nine years that we were here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I I never I swear my life and I think to myself, you know, it's so funny Emmy because you know, when you're on social media and everything and back to talking a little bit about imposter syndrome, I I see these people and they're telling all these stories about their day-to-day life and they're really incorporating all this and I think my life is not very exciting. Like I don't have any stories to tell. But then you ask me this question and I'm like, you know, that was kind of a big deal, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, and I feel the same way. It's like Look, here I am working from home again, from sofa to desk to bed. Yes, I'm, I'm making a difference. And yes, you know, I'm creating cool stuff, but not, not that exciting. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I love, to me, like what you're offering is very unique, hence the, the cake and the recipe, because most people aren't looking at branding and photography the way you're, you are helping your clients. And and I think most entrepreneurs, they know that they need to have branding and they know they need to have a headshot and some images, et cetera, but they're not thinking about the long-term value of that. And how did you decide to mix both of them together so that you are as unique as you are? Well, for me, branding is all about storytelling. And, and when I, when I talk about branding, I'm not talking about the logo and your color palette and your mood board. Yes. Those are going to come into what we do from a photography perspective, but when I'm shooting, I'm shooting to tell a story and I'm creating. So for example, I had a shoot on Saturday with a coach and she is a career coach. So she's going to work with entrepreneurs and corporate employees to help, you know, them find their career. So the entire time I'm shooting, I'm thinking of things like there was a, I knew there was a staircase that we could use. And so it was, you know, climbing, you're climbing to the top of your success ladder, or, you know, I'm thinking of things like that. Whereas instead of just being a portrait photographer, which a lot of people will go to for their branding images, for their website and things like that, they don't tell the true story of their entire business and who they are and how they're working with their clients and how they can tell their story, but connect emotionally. And that's what you really want to do with those images is you want people to be able to see the full story of your business, the behind the scenes, the, the tools you use, the clothes you wear, you know, how, how you behave basically um, captured through, through imagery. Video is a strong component of that too. Um, You know, you have to have good solid video to, to make that emotional connection as well. So I saw this, I saw these people, you know, coming to me for pictures, but they didn't understand then what they were going to do with those pictures. And you really do have to be able to tell a story with them because, and use them in a way that's going to be effective to build that emotional connection because that's how you're going to build the no like, and trust factor. And right. that's how you're going to attract clients versus just connecting with an ideal audience. 
or right. the general public. And then the other thing is I have, I've, um, for myself dove so deep into search engine optimization, SEO, and how to really make a solid online presence so that it converts to clients. And so with that, I was a, I'm able to then teach my clients how to use those images effectively, but then how to also really make them powerful for mm -hmm. converting their audience to clients by using SEO on the images. Yeah. So nobody else is doing that. And then it's that, you know, it's that clarity component too, where, you know, so many entrepreneurs have a business, but they don't, they don't really know where their focus is, what their niche is and who their ideal client is and really identifying those things so that they can focus on their, their ideal customers so that they can then get those conversions, right. you know, and, and then developing a clear communication path. So once you have the brand, you have to be able to market it, but you, if you don't have a brand, you have nothing to communicate to attract clients through marketing efforts. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know you run into this because I know I do all the time with people don't want to niche down narrowly enough to, they, they think they can help everybody. And that's true. But in helping the everybody, you're speaking to no one. And it was funny because I was listening to a Rachel Hollis podcast um, this morning when I was in the gym and she's talking about this app that she's got. And, but that one of the things that they did in developing it was create this client avatar that they named Jennifer. And they, like her entire team walks around, well, what would Jennifer be doing with this app? And what would Jennifer be, you know, where would she be going with the app? And blah, 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 blah. And I thought that was just really fun. Mm -hmm. And like such a great reminder because I don't think you can hear it enough. No, that, you can't. Like, and like my, my ideal avatar is named Jules. And yeah. Jules is struggling. struggling. She, she's, she's stuck in that analysis paralysis of what she should be doing and who she should be talking to and how she can talk to them. And, and she's lacking confidence because she's so confused because she doesn't have that clarity. So it's this vicious cycle, right? Yeah. But if you name your ideal avatar, when you're creating content, you're thinking of who she is or he is, and you're able to then really create that focused content that's going to reach the people you want. Otherwise, like you said, you're, you're putting all of this out there and you, you're talking to everyone, but you're reaching no one. And then at the end of the day, you're getting all these phone calls and these leads that aren't your ideal client. So you're frustrated, you try to work with them, and then you're ready to pull your hair out because they aren't who you're meant to be serving. Right. And yeah, so it's, it's so powerful once you have that clarity and it's amazing how your, your entire business can, can shift. But when that happens, and I know, you know, this, when that happens, you take so much stress and pressure off of yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're connecting with whatever they're reading or seeing, like, they're like, how did you know that was in my head? And that's what I love hearing from prospective clients that become clients. It's like, you were in my head. That's how I know I needed to work with you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's so, so important. I'm curious, you know, you've been in business for a long time. You've evolved, shifted, changed. You've added the podcast. What's been the most challenging thing for you? Probably the tech. I would say the tech, definitely. Um, as far as the podcast goes, I love it. Like, I think that that was one of those things that I kept putting off. And I think, Emmy, Emmy the, the overarching thing that was probably the most challenging for me was 
staying focused and doing exactly what we just discussed was staying true to my niche because I still get phone calls for family portraits and I could still take every one of them on. But why would I do that? Because that's going to take time away from the business that I've created and the people that I'm meant to serve. And so, you know, at some point you really have to put that wall up and say, nope, I'm sticking to my guns. This is what I'm going to do. And this is, you know, what fuels me and I'm not going to let other things come in and distract me from right. what my goals are and what my mission is. Um, so tech wise, I would say that was a challenge. Um, but I'm a, I'm a learner. Like I love to learn every single day. So for me, that's been a huge plus because I take it all in and I'm so curious that, you know, that's, that's helped me overcome some of those frustrations and overwhelm. But I think outside of having those, the imposter syndrome and, and falling into that comparison trap periodically, I guess those were probably my biggest, biggest challenges. And time management, time management is tough. I think, you know, I learned about this tool called MeisterTask and you can map out your day and time block. And that is helping me tremendously because as, as a creative, I get very distracted, you know, squirrel all the time, all day long. All and then, you know, <laughs> clients, I want to respond to people immediately and you can't do that. Like you have to be able to stay focused to accomplish things. So that's, that's another thing that's been a challenge for me. I guess I have a lot of challenges. Well, <laughs> I just, I'm grateful that you're acknowledging them because you're stating things that I think we all experience at one point or another. And it's being an entre entrepreneur can be really isolating at times, particularly as you're just getting started and, or you, you know, you're just growing your team and here you are with your laptop and your couch, right? And particularly these days where, you know, for those of us who were going out networking or speaking live or engaging in, in um, conversation in person, right? It's easy to get into that that mindset of you're the only one having this challenge and this difficulty when we all are at some point. So I, I want to honor you for sharing that and being honest with it, with, you know, what you've experienced. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, that kind of comes back to the imposter syndrome too, that we see so many people online doing different things and it, it ties into who our value, what our values are too. And I know you and I had talked about this before, but yeah. If we don't st stay true to our authentic self and admit that we don't know everything, we're going to set ourselves up for failure because we have to tap into those resources and get help for those things that we're not an expert at. Otherwise, we're just spinning our wheels and we're wasting time that we could be putting towards making money, you know, reaching out to clients right. or like you, like you talk about making those phone calls, you know, to really connect with your audience and so I, I guess I learned that the hard way. I can do this all myself. I can do it. I've got this. I'm smart. I can do it. But the reality is there are things that I'm not good at. And so I've learned I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to farm those out so that I can stick to my values, be who I am, not look at what other people are doing and compare myself to them, but stick to who I'm meant to be and stick to the people that I'm meant to serve. Right. So the core values that you have are really what's driving like your leadership in your business. 100%. And I, I think that, you know, that has kept me grounded. You know, right. my, my core values, I have a lot of them, but, you know, serving is one of the biggest ones. And so, and I'm a, I'm a firm believer that the more we put out, 
the more we're going to get in return. So, you know, the more we give away, the more people are going to see our brilliance. And the majority of the things that we're putting out there are things that people can't or don't want to do themselves. They want somebody to hold their hand. They want somebody to take them step by step through the process that they need to go through. And it's, so I'm a firm believer in that. So serving is one of them. Faith is another one. I'm, I'm a very strong Christian and that has always been a huge component of my business in terms of how I treat other people, integrity, honesty, all of those things. Like I've just stayed true to that. And I, I, I think it has really impacted my journey in a positive way. And outside of that there, I mean, there's so many other other values, but compassion, empathy, all of those things. And I think that is what's helped me build the emotional connection with the people that I have either collaborated with or work with and puts them at ease and helps them feel comfortable and confident and, and beautiful and all those things that we want to feel right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It's just perfect. I love that you're sharing that. And it's so inspiring to hear that, all of these wonderful things or what's allowing you to just continue to up level and grow and, and serve your people. I feel like we could chat for forever and our time is coming to an end, unfortunately. <laughs> so with that, share with everybody how they can get in touch with you and where they can find you. So the easiest place is probably my website. It's www.therobingraham.com and Robin is spelled with a Y and Graham is just like the cracker. So it's the R-O-B-Y-N-G-R-A-H-A-M.com. My Instagram, Twitter, Facebook handles are all the same, the Robin Graham. And I do have a Facebook group, which is called the Brand Marketing Insider. And I welcome all of your listeners to join. It's a great group of women and we... I'm really trying to grow it, but there are some really inspiring people in there and it's, it's nice. It's, I really think that that's a great um, place to connect and network. Like I know you've got your group and I enjoy your group as well. And I think it's so nice to have a place like that where people can feel safe and secure to ask questions and, you know, just be who they are too and market their business. I mean, that's what it's there for. Right. Right. Absolutely. Just connect everybody. I love that too, because it's such an abundance mindset. It's not just about you and what you can offer them and them becoming the clients. It's really about connecting everybody. Yes. Everybody working together because there's plenty for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course, there's my podcast, the second phase podcast, which is everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. (laughs) Places that you can listen to a podcast. Exactly. Which just, the list just keeps growing, right? (laughs) Well, we'll get the links into the show notes. So for people that do want to connect with you, it'll be easy for them to hook up with you. And again, thank you so much for sharing your story because this has been just fantastic. And I'm so grateful to have spent just a little more time and know a little bit more about you. Thanks, Emmy. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping onto wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.